Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Yeah, I felt like Zach. You know, we've been doing church all this time. But I tell you, there's something about the collective group of people coming together. And, you know, like I have Christ dwelling in me. I have the presence of God in me. But it is so multiplied. Even though we're at less than 30% capacity, it was stinking great to feel people in the room worshiping with me. To hear a whistle, to hear a shout, to hear a hallelujah really loud. I tell you, that just warms my heart and makes me... It really reaffirms the importance of gathering together for me. You know, it just really, it nails it. Do you need some more help? Stay in the blue box. That will be a a challenge. Are you good? (laughs) Anyways, that's it. There you go. Wow, come on, it's so good. You know, I don't know if we understand kingdom like uh, they used to understand kingdom. Like we might watch shows or see, you know, the, the kingdom, Saudi Arabia, stuff like that. We might, we, we know the word, we understand it, but I don't think we understand the whole culture of what kingdom is. We've been so part of uh, democracies and things like that for so long. We don't understand what it means to be a part of a kingdom. And the people in Jesus' day, when he came and he introduced kingdom, they totally understood kingdom because they lived under kingdoms. They had kings. They had monarchs. They had rulers. So they understood the language that he was speaking. But I don't really believe a lot of people today, we've been so accustomed to democracies and the way those things flow and the way those things even churches have become democracies where we're all members. We all got a voice. We all get a vote. But you know in the kingdom there's a monarch and he's got the voice and we all just pay attention. I don't know if a lot of people even are are willing to believe that we can let God be the king of kings. Let God really be king and all of us just really align ourselves in his kingdom. Because we've really been dumbed down to embrace uh, governments and philosophies of rule that have really crippled us in our ability to manifest kingdom because we don't even understand it. See, we have a, we're a part of the commonwealth and I love commonwealth. You know what that means? The wealth is common. It means if there's wealth in the kingdom, it's common, and everybody has access to it. And you see, in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, it says we can live out of his abundance. We can live out of his glory. He meets all of our needs, not out of, but according to his glory, according to his reign, according to his kingdom. And that's who we really are. And yet I think we think I live according to my paycheck and God's ability to bless my boss and all that. But we literally can live out, even financially, out of another realm where God takes care of us. And and Jesus, when he introduced kingdom, that's what Zach was teaching on. He was introducing kingdom. And he said, in a kingdom reality, when it comes, I take care of this whole world. I take care of the birds. How much more precious are you to me? Will I not take care of you? And yet I think we can still even get our head around what it means when Jesus came to say, I'm coming to introduce another kingdom. They knew it. They totally understand it. They knew that he was coming and he was a subversive political threat to the to the time and to the power brokers of the day. And so I'm going to give you a fire hose on kingdom. Can you say fire hose? It's going to come at you really fast. So here we go. Are you ready? Now some of you will get to see some of this. Some of you won't. 
Maybe they'll focus on the screen a little bit better and you can see the words a little bit better. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 10, 5 and 7. Here's Solomon in all of his wisdom who was a king, who understood that he was a monarch. It was absolute rule. See, it's hard to trust somebody with absolute authority and absolute power, isn't it? Because we believe absolute power corrupts. But you see, if Almighty God is the monarch, he is the ruler, he is the one absolutely full of power, we can trust him because we understand his nature. Because we understand that, that as, as Zach said, what, what it, it surrounds and undergirds and upholds everything in the kingdom is the goodness of God. So therefore, I can fully surrender. I can cast all my cares on him because he's trustworthy and because I can trust that the king of this kingdom is a benevolent, wonderful, beautiful God. And if he said he's going to take care of me in every way, I absolutely trust that. And I will fully surrender and yield to his kingdom because he's trustworthy and he's faithful. Can I get an amen? Whoa! All right, so here's Solomon, that king, and here's what he's saying. He's saying, this, there is an evil which I have seen under the sun. Say evil. I've seen an evil. He says, there's an evil under the sun. It's an error that proceeded from the ruler. It's folly, and it's set in great dignity, and the rich, they sit in a low place. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants on the earth. You might say, Pastor, what, what's that? Solomon is saying, it is a great evil. It is, I've seen a great evil. I've seen a great evil when people who have been made and brought into a kingdom, when they are subjects of the king, and yet he says he is the king of kings. When you do not know your identity, and when you're groveling through life, like walking through life, just not manifesting the fullness of you are, Solomon says, it is a great evil to see princes living below their privileges. And you see, we see a lot of that today in the church. Did you know that the church can be shaken? And the church will be shaken. And the church has to be shaken. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. But I tell you, a lot of church is still set up. And a lot of what undergirds even churches today are our democratic governments and systems of man. And a lot of us are not aligned with the kingdom. And it says in the last days, he's going to shake once again. And everything that can be removed will be removed. And we won't need the body of Christ. We need the church to come into and under a full revelation and understand of what it is to be a child of God. It's a fire hose, I know. It's a lot. Giving thanks to God the Father, the Apostle Paul said, he qualified us. He qualified us to be partakers of this inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, every single bit of it, every manifestation of it. We are fully delivered from its influences in every way. And he brought us into, conveyed us. He conveyed upon us, which means you didn't earn it. He granted it to you. He conveyed it upon you. He conveyed upon you the kingdom of his son, the son of of his love. This is what Paul's talking about. This is the message of a new covenant church. Acts 17, 6. Those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. This is the people. I mean, Paul came and he started doing meetings. Paul came out of nowhere, started doing a few small meetings. And all of a sudden, one man who came to town ran a few meetings to totally disturb the whole city. Disrupted everything in the city. Why? What was his message? There's a new kingdom. There's a new reign. There's a new rule. There's somebody else in charge. And that kingdom began to disrupt the whole city. 
He said, those who turn the world upside down, they've come here. So, so they had a reputation before they came and did these meetings. They had a reputation that everywhere they went, they politically and governmentally disturbed the cities that they came to. They didn't just come to a quiet meeting and a few believers showed up. The whole city from top to bottom was rocked at its very core. It's a live meeting. They're here, and listen to this, and these are acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar. So what are they saying? They're trying to put a demand on, see, the ways of Caesar. Who is Caesar? Caesar is Lord. Caesar is curio. Caesar means Lord. See, there is a Lord. There is, there is political rule. There are governing influence, and these guys have come to town, and they have rejected the governing influences of the day, and they have said, there is another king. What was their message? What disrupted everything? What was the message of the early church? There is another king. And when they came into town, they didn't say, hey guys, you don't have to go to hell. You get to go to heaven if you accept Jesus as your savior. No, they came in and they didn't say, you get to go to heaven. They said, I've announced that there's a new reign. There's a new rule. I'm announcing now that you don't get to go to heaven, but heaven is coming here and heaven has sent me and I am an ambassador of that holy realm and I'm insisting on the enforcement reign and rule of the king of kings right here right now that's the message and yet today we're just let culture carry on the way it will oh well it's getting bad out there hope jesus gets us out of here soon that's not the message it never was the message the message is that jesus has called you and as he was sent he's sending you and we are here to take over but you see, we don't know what takeover is because we only understand democratic structures. We only understand man's government. So we, we try to figure out how do we, how do, we do that? So we, tr we get involved in this world's structures. And we think by getting involved in those structures, we can do it. And yet Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. So we don't even understand kingdom. How can we ever do and achieve and be what we're called to be? How can we embrace the new normal if we don't even know what it is? And Jesus came and he said, in, in a place where there was, there was a horrible, uh, a terrible racism, awful, disgusting uh, a treatment of people, disparities everywhere. I mean, he came in and he said, look, there's a new rule. And his rule was a rule of love. It was a rule of peace. It was a rule of righteousness. It was a rule of goodness. And see, if we try to bring in his kingdom through the vehicles that he has not ordained, we will never get results. Is anybody hearing me? All right, good, good, good. So they flip the whole system. They transform society. We are here to transform lives to impact their world. So kingdom, I got to go, right? I got to go. Mark 1, 15, the time has come. Jesus said, this, he started preaching. He said, the time has come. See, the time has come. What time is it? The time has come. The time has come for what? The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near, or the kingdom of God is within your reach, or the kingdom of God is in your midst. Repent and believe the good news. There's good news. All the oppression, all the nonsense, all the structures of this world that are not bringing peace and releasing love and grace among people. I am here to obliterate that, and I'm here to introduce it right now. A new kingdom is in your midst. That was Jesus. And we turned repent to do, feel sorry that he had to come. That's not what repent means. Repent just means change your mind. Repent means afterthought. That's what it is. It's after and thought. Two words, afterthought. How we got be miserable out of that, I have no idea. 
You had to try really, really hard to misinterpret the word of God to be, get repent as be miserable. The word means to metanoia. It means to after thinking, after Jesus said that, wow, there's a new kingdom. There's, and, he, and then he started to share the rules. Like he shared about, the, you, you don't have to worry anymore. Why? Because I'm the new king. You, when you seek me first in my righteousness, all this stuff comes to you. And he, he was literally transforming the whole world as we know it. But you got to understand what it is. So he came to preach. He said, it's good news. So think again. Take a fresh look at the good news. It's a new normal. It's a new normal. i got to stay in my box, Werner. It's a new normal. Oh, I step outside that box. and It's like I got a shock collar. I really don't, but, you know, I should do my best. There's a new normal, folks. We're here to talk about the new normal, and it was introduced 2,000 years ago, and it's where we live out of heaven. We are sustained from heaven. We are blessed from heaven. Literally, we are ambassadors of a whole other realm. We are not of this world. Amen. That's what it's all about. So, so one of the greatest differences between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant is the location of God. Where was God in the Old Testament? He was, he was not in the hearts and lives of men. There were rare anointings. Few people got anointed, but in the New Covenant, God is now taking up physical residence right here. Just touch your belly. You see, in the Old Covenant, he didn't live there. In the New Covenant, he does. And in the New Covenant, you know what it says? Christ in you. The mystery. It was a mystery. But you know what? It's no longer a mystery. Christ in you is the hope of realizing his glory filling the earth. So it's Christ in you is the fulfillment of his kingdom invading the whole earth. Matthew 12, 28. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So they're saying, when is the kingdom? Where is the kingdom? And Jesus said, if I cast out demons, which he did by the Spirit of of God. The kingdom of God has come. So folks, where is the kingdom? Well, it's when we get to go to heaven. Though Jesus introduced, he said, the kingdom of God has come upon you. If you think the very next wonderful event is me getting out of here, you don't understand why you're here. You don't understand God's purpose. And it wasn't a second. That was always the eternal purpose of God, that he filled the earth with himself and that he reigned and ruled through you. Jesus said, I must preach the kingdom. I've got to go to other cities. Why? That's why I was sent. He said, uh, Luke 12, 32, don't be seized with alarm or struck with fear, little flock, for it's the Father's good pleasure that you could earn and you could come into a place where finally he could manifest his, no, it's his good pleasure, little flock, to give to you. How do you get the kingdom? It's a gift. How do you walk in the kingdom? It's a gift. It's something that's yours literally by birth. Acts 1, 2 to 3, Jesus about to ascend. He's about to ascend. He was risen and he spent 40 days teaching them. How many want to know what did he tell them in those 40 days? Between his resurrection and ascension, he had 40 days to teach his disciples because he's telling them, I'm leaving. Now take over the earth. I'm leaving. I did my job. Now I'm empowering you to fill the earth, to disciple what? People? No, he said disciple the nations. We are here to disciple the nations. So what did he teach them? When he's giving them the job of discipling the nations, what did he teach them in his last opportunity to impart to them? It says in those last 40 days, he was speaking to them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. They didn't put like pasty things in the seats here. There's real people here. 
Amen. Oh, there are real people there. The kingdom, Jesus' last instructions before he ascended were all about the kingdom. Now, the last verses in the book of Acts, the very last verses in the book of Acts, the apostle Paul, he's in jail in Rome. He wanted to get to Rome. He wanted to get to the seat of government. He wanted to get where human rule was and dominated. And where human rule was and dominated, what is he going to teach them? I'm just going to be careful because, you know, these people have power. You know, here's what he did. Here's what he did. He dwelt two years in his own rented house and he received all who came to him and what was he saying to them he preached the kingdom of God and he taught things concerning the Lord Jesus is Caesar Jesus is Caesar see they would say no 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 Caesar Caesar no, no. Jesus is same word curios Jesus is Lord here's a guy in Rome in his own rented house they'd arrested him and then they let him have his own rented house his last words in the seat of that totalitarian nasty government realm he said there's another another there's another there's another government there's another reign there's another rule. Amen. Amen. And, and with all confidence, he did it. No one forbid him. The kingdom, the domain over which the spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ extends, whether in heaven or earth. That was right out of the dictionary. Right out of the dictionary. Go dictionary.com. The domain over which the spiritual sovereignty or God Christ extends, whether heaven or earth. A kingdom. A kingdom is a governing influence of a king over his territory, impacting it with his will, his purpose, and his intent, producing a citizenry. Say citizenry. A citizenry of people who reflect his culture and manifest his nature and glory. That's what the kingdom is. There's a king. There's a realm. And all the people who come of his kingdom, they look like something. If you're a part of the kingdom of God, it looks like something. You're a child of God. How could you tell? You're manifesting the nature of the king. The influence of the king is expressed in your life. You are a citizen of heaven. Did you know that? That's what Paul said. We are citizens of the heavenly realm. Amen. Have you got your passport? You are a child of God. 1 Corinthians 4.20, what is the kingdom defined in the kingdom? The kingdom of God is. What is it, pastor? The kingdom of God is not a matter of logos. It's not a matter of talking. The kingdom of God is a matter of power. See, we got talk today. We got all kinds of people talking, blah, blah, blah. I've never heard so much talk ever. This pandemic just released all kinds of more talkers. Everybody's talking. Everybody's got a web page. Everybody's got a site. Blah, 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 blah. What's God doing today? Blah, 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 blah. What's God doing today? Blah, 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 blah. I mean, I can't even see pictures on Facebook anymore for going through 5,000 videos of some talking head trying to tell me what God's doing. What is God doing? He's doing the same thing he's always been doing. He's taking over the earth. How is he doing it? It's his reign. It's his rule. Jesus, once and for all, obliterated every limitation of hell, of Satan, of sin. The power of darkness was obliterated, and you've been brought into the kingdom of God. Not so that you can get to heaven, but so that you can reign on earth right now, and you can manifest the kingdom of God. It's not a matter of blah, blah, blah. If blah, blah, blah would have changed the world, it should have been done somewhere in the last three months. If a whole lot of talking could have changed the thing, folks. You know what the church is missing? It's not missing more lessons. It's missing a revelation of the kingdom and an understanding of the power that is in them to change the world. I know I love, I got kitties here, and they're probably going, I'm so bored with this guy. Would he be quiet? John 3, 5 to 7, most assuredly, Nicodemus, a religious guy of the day, he said, he said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's what's just born of flesh is flesh by water. That means your birth by your mother. 
being birthed is your, your natural birth. That's what he's saying. Water means your natural birth. What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So how do you get in the kingdom? You're born again. How do you get in the kingdom? It's a gift of God. How do you get in the kingdom? It's his gift. It's my good pleasure, little flock, to give you the kingdom. You are not born of an act of your own will. You're born of an act of God. How do you get in the kingdom? You're born in the kingdom. My son was conceived in the USA. We lived in Rochester. He was conceived in the USA. We moved back to Canada, May 1990. He was conceived in the USA, but he was born in Canada, and being born in Canada made him a citizen of Canada. You are born. How do you get into the kingdom? What? You're born again. You're birthed into it. It's a miracle, and it's a miracle of the grace of God. Hey, how do I get into the kingdom, pastor? Well, come to my kingdom series. We are going to have a kingdom series, by the way. But you know how you get in the kingdom? You're born into it. How do you get the rights and privileges of the kingdom? It's a gift of God. Who qualified you to have every blessing in the kingdom? God himself. You don't qualify yourself. In fact, if you try to qualify yourself, you're coming over the wall, not through the door, and you are a robber and a thief. Man, this is good stuff. Can I get an amen from the front row? <laughs> All right, it's coming as a fire hose. Every kingdom has a ruler of realm and rules. We're going to deal with that. Next week, Pastor Zach's going to talk about the king. He's going to talk about who is the king of our kingdom. And you're going to want to hear that because you're going to want to get the first layer down right. Who is the king? And when you know who the king is, surrendering to him, everything is so easy when you get a revelation of who he is. So there is a king for every kingdom. There's a ruler of realm and there's rules. And we're going to talk about that. It's not a place. It's not a place. It's a monarch. It's a monarch. And it's the exercise of his influence through his people. The kingdom of God is expressed where people, the realm, have yielded to the authority of the ruler, the king, and have manifest his rules, the rule. Romans 5.17, it says, For if by one man offense, death entered and reigned through the one man. Who was the one man? Adam, through one man, boom, everything fell on its head. And how many think the fall was pretty severe? How many think death is pretty messy? How many think our culture is pretty screwed up by Adam's fall? It really is. But listen to this. If you think that's extreme, and it is, look at this, these two words much more. I mean, if that was devastating, the power that has come to restore everything is way bigger and way better. Death, Satan, sin doesn't have a chance. Much more those who receive. What do you do we receive? What do we receive? The abundance of grace. The abundance of his unmerited favor. Those who receive that. And the gift. It's a gift. I got to earn it. I want to be a general in God's kingdom. You don't have to strive for it. You're, you, he's the king of kings. I'm King Carl. Who are you? I am the king over a realm that he has given me responsibility and authority. He has conferred upon me. Jesus said, I've been conferred a kingdom. He says, I confer a kingdom upon you. Are there any other kings here today? See, that's the great evil in the earth. Princes are walking. They don't even know who they are. But when you begin to understand who you are, you can realize that through this righteousness, through this gift, you reign when? In the sweet by and by. When Jesus comes back, then his kingdom will come and we'll reign with him forever. It doesn't say that. It says you'll reign in life. Right now. You're going to reign right now. How? Through one Christ Jesus. Little, oh, I was going to look at the screen to show you the graph. 
I can't do it. It's up here for those of you over here. Sorry. But you got right here. You got the start of creation. You got Adam lost his rule. You got time going down this line. Boom. You got Jesus comes on the cross. Jesus introduces a new kingdom. Pow. So what do you have? Jesus said we have the kingdom of God. What is also still operating right now? The kingdom of darkness. See, we're in a realm of absolute now kingdom, but we're also in a realm where the kingdom of darkness has not relaxed its grip. They think you're stupid. They think that they don't even know who they are. So even though we are defeated, and even though triumph has been guaranteed, we're going to stay here until they kick us out. How do I know that? It's the same type, just like the old covenant. Joshua came into the promised land. It was theirs. It was a gift, but he had to possess it. And Joshua said to some of the tribes, he said, how long are you going to be slack to lay hold of the gift of God in your life? So it's not that you don't possess it. It's like it says, people perish for lack of knowledge. You don't even understand who you are. And the devil's looking and laughing saying, they don't know what the kingdom is. And they're operating and walking like normal human beings. Our experience should not be like an unsaved neighbor's. Our experience should not be like everybody else in the world. Our experience should supersede in every level and in every way. Does anybody believe that? Man, that's good. Four people. All right, so Revelation 1, 5 to 6, it says, To him who loved us and washed us from our sin in his own blood. That's what he did, right? He came, he set you free, totally set you free. What happened next? He made us. You're a made person. Like, like in, the, uh, you know, in the mafia, if you're a made man, can't touch that guy. He's a made man. Well, listen to the kingdom. See what the kingdom says? He washed you from sins with his own blood. Now what? He has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion. How long? How long is that enforced? Forever and ever. Forever and ever. Look what it says. Now look at this. Verse 10, Revelation 1. And we shall reign on a cloud with a harp. Can I get a hallelujah? That's not what it says. It says that we shall reign on earth. Say earth. See, if we think we're going to get out of here and leave this thing a total messed up, destitute situation, you haven't read your Bible. Because he's not going to suck us out of here and say, good effort, guys, we tried. I mean, but it was nasty, wasn't it? I mean, Adam's fall was so nasty, we just couldn't overcome it. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. I mean, there's not a single thing that we're not going to obliterate. Go, go look at Acts chapter 3, 19 through 21. It says, the heavens hold him, the heaven retain him. How long? Until every prophetic word about him is fulfilled. It says, Jesus cannot return until every prophetic word is fulfilled. Let me give you one prophetic word. You ready? Habakkuk 2, 14. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That word seeks fulfillment. If it is not fulfilled, Jesus cannot come back. Well, it's not till the earth is full of darkness and, and it's not until, you know, Gates gets the 5G thing and we all get the chip inserted through the vaccine and we all become zombies. The zombie apocalypse starts, you know, before that happens. Don't get the vaccine. Hopefully Jesus will pull us out of here quickly. I just offended a whole bunch of people. A whole bunch of folks who think Bill Gates is the Antichrist and this is all some nasty thing designed by the devil to just... Take us all to hell. No, this is a a thing that the devil has done, but God is working for good in the midst of this, and he's working for good, and he's going to bring a whole lot of people into the kingdom. I got three claps right there, and fortunately they were all from staff members, so that's good. All right.
All right, can I get it? Amen. Herod wanted to kill Jesus because he was a political threat. He stood there. Jesus said, I mean, he, he said before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, are you a king of the Jews? And Jesus said, it is as you say. Jesus, yeah, I am. Jesus, straight up, they were, the Romans killed him because he was a political threat. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, but rightly, as you say, I am a king. For this cause, I was born. For this cause, I've come into the world, a witness of that truth. Now, religion kept people on a nasty, tired treadmill. The religious leaders of the day, you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You don't enter in, nor do you let them enter in. And there's a lot of that happening today with religious teachers and leaders. They are not talking about the kingdom. They've shut it up in your face. They've shut it up with false teachings and wrong representations of the end times so that you'll think that you're helpless and powerless, and the next best thing is Jesus gets us out of here. You see, they won't enter the kingdom. They won't manifest the kingdom. They won't teach you how to revel in the kingdom. They won't enter in, and they won't let you in either. And they'll say, these are false teachings. You don't want to do that. This is just simply reading your Bible. This is just simply understanding the king of heaven and what his purpose has always been. Nor will you let those go in. Religion preoccupies man until he finds the kingdom. Religion prepares man to leave earth. The kingdom empowers man to dominate earth. Religion focuses on heaven. The kingdom focuses on earth. Religion is here. It reaches up to God. The kingdom is God coming down to man. Religion wants to escape earth. The kingdom impacts, influences, and changes earth. We're here to change everything. Oh, I don't know. This is really hard. We are here to make a difference. Religion seeks to take over the earth. Religion seeks to take earth to heaven. The kingdom seeks to bring heaven to earth. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. A prophecy about Jesus. What is he? Government. Say government. The government, the kingdom, his reign and his rule will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and his peace, there will be an end. And when it stops growing, he's going to suck us out of here because it got too hard. No, that's not what it says. It's of, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will establish it forever for the mouth of the Lord and the zeal of God shall accomplish it. What is the zeal of God? The zeal of God is a type of the Holy Spirit. How's it going to be done? The Holy Spirit's going to make it happen. The kingdom, it's an ever-increasing, powerful kingdom. Matthew 13, 33, the kingdom of heaven is like, what's it like? It's like the yeast a woman used in making bread. And even though she put in only a little bit of yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. What's the kingdom like, pastor? Well, the kingdom will just influence a little bit. The kingdom's going to drop in the world and just touch a little bit of it. It's going to influence maybe, just maybe this, those who are willing to receive it. You know, the kingdom of God, it's not that power. No, here it is. Here's, here's a definition of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God like, pastor? It's like yeast that gets dropped in a pile of dough. Just a little bit. It gets dropped in a pile of dough, and you know what it does? It works through the whole thing. What part of this is not going to experience the kingdom? What part of the world will not be influenced by the kingdom? Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a little bit of yeast. And that, you don't know how it's doing. You don't know. I don't know how yeast does it. I don't know. Maybe you know. All I know is I couldn't find yeast for weeks. And there's a whole bunch of people with flour in their freezers. And there's going to be a, a truckload of yeast on eBay pretty soon. Because most people are going, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know, but you know what? I know the little bit of yeast. When you put it in the dough, it works through the whole thing. The kingdom 
is going to work through the whole earth because God died for the whole world. Every tribe, every kingdom, every single person, everyone is going to feel the powerful influence of Isaiah 40 verse 1. The glory synonymous with the kingdom, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh will see it together. Hallelujah! I'll tell you, it's exciting. I got to wrap it up really fast. You ready? It's the new kingdom. It's the new normal. Every part of the kingdom is going to experience his goodness. So listen, that was just a fire hose of stuff about the kingdom. All those notes are online. You can go find them, the PowerPoint and the notes. You can study them. This Wednesday night, we're going to have a chit-chat. We were going to do Hebrews, but this message is so important. What we're going to do over the next eight weeks or so about the kingdom, I believe is so important. I don't want to just preach it on Sunday and let you wander off and the birds of the air pluck it out of your head. I want to make sure that this seed gets deep in your heart and that it bears fruit. So on Wednesday night, you can come. We're going to do it live for some who want to come. We can have at least 10, maybe 10 in another spot, but we're going to do some small groups right here. We're going to do them over Zoom as well, but you can watch the Bible study online. You can watch it uh, through YouTube or Facebook, but then we're going to do smaller Zoom meetings right after that so you can ask questions. How many have questions? Sorry, I don't want to answer that. You? No, I'm not answering that either. You? No, I'm not answering you. But you know what? Wednesday night, we are answering your questions. Wednesday night, we're going to unpack this even more, and we're going to do it all through the next several weeks because I want the kingdom to come in full influence where you are because it's a seed. It says it's a seed. It goes into the ground, and it bears fruit. I don't know how, but it does, and the seed of the kingdom is going to bear fruit in your life. Can I get a hallelujah? Come on, why don't you stand up with me? Amen. Wowzers, Pastor. That was a lot of work right there. How do you get in the kingdom, Pastor? How do you? It's a miracle. It's a gift. And here's the gift. To those who receive him, he gives them the right to become children of God. To those who receive him. It's just receiving. You just say yes. There's a massive offer from heaven right now. Jesus said there's a new kingdom, a new reign, and a new rule. How do you get in? Accept that he is your Lord and Savior. Accept that your sins are forgiven. Accept that he is the Lord of your life. If you've never done that here right now, could you bow your heads? Just bow your heads right here. I don't know everyone here today, but just bow your heads and let's pray. You know, if you want to say yes, pastor, I want to receive his kingdom. I want to enter into the fullness of all that he is. I want Jesus to be fully manifest as the Lord of my life. If you've never done that before, right now, all around the room, could you just put up your hand very high so I can see it? Just put up your hand very high so I can see it. Very high. Listen, if you're watching on the internet, on YouTube or live stream, or if you watch this later on, I'm just asking you right now, if your hand is up, you're there in your own living room, you're saying, me, hey, me. I mean, I'm looking at you right now. I see you, and I want you to pray this prayer with me. Are you ready? Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for washing me from sin, and thank you for right now making me a king and a priest in your kingdom. I declare now by the power of the Spirit that I am a child of God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, bless you guys.